everyone. This is Erica and Yvette, and this is the Melanin Pearls podcast episode 40. Four zero. It's the new 20. Yvette, can you just imagine we're episode four? I know we say that every time we start we a have podcast episode, that. but but I'm mm-hmm. just like in awe of us being able to keep this going. So awesome. Season three, episode 40. Can you believe it? Started with a boozy dinner and here we go. And know, here we are. Three seasons in. Exactly. And this episode, we have another installment of our Black Excellence Spotlight. You know, we talked about, you know, Black people doing the damn thing. And we feel that we need to highlight those people in our lives that are doing the damn thing. Shine a light, shine a light, shine a light. Okay, shine a light. Bright like a diamond. (laughs) Bright like a diamond. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And we are so, <laughs> and we are so excited about our guest on this episode. I have known this young lady the majority of her life. Dare I say, almost all of her life. I'm not trying to date myself, <laughs> but I am so proud of her. There is no but. I am so proud of her. And you can just call me a proud auntie because I am just that proud. So I'd like to first take the opportunity to welcome to the Melanin Pearls podcast, Niani Skinner. Hey, Niani. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, everybody. Okay. (laughs) Let me tell you a little bit about Niani. Niani is a Black female firefighter in in New York City, and she is part of the largest graduating class of female firefighters, and she graduated in 2019. Let's just whoop whoop on that. Let me tell you a little bit about her before we jump in. Niani has a bachelor's degree in dance, okay? So she has a bachelor's Uh degree in dance. She's a licensed physical therapist assistant. And in her words, she would rather sleep than shop. She is passionate about food, sunshine, and jazz. I can relate to that. She has an older brother, a sister-in-law who's wonderful, and one very cute nephew. And I cannot stop by, you know, there because she has an amazing mother and father. And what's so powerful to me and awesome about Niani is that she's just 29 years old and she is doing great things. So Niani, welcome. So happy to welcome have you. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. I am thrilled to be here and very much looking forward to our chat. All right. Yes. Let's jump. Let's jump in the chat then. So, Niani, you have a degree in dance. You're a licensed physical therapist. What made you decide to become a firefighter? Um, honestly, I kind of fell in love with the physical aspect of it. In the very beginning, it was sort of just like, ha ha. Yeah, sure. Me, a firefighter. <laughs> Thanks for the <laughs> offer. Like, I'll think about it. We'll see what happens. Uh, then I did a little bit of research. I realized how many firefighters were black and there's not many. Then I realized how many firefighters were women and black women and that number was even smaller. And I was like, all right, so maybe, maybe I should consider this. That had me consider it. Then I fell in love with the physical aspect of it. Like coming from a background of dance, I'm not really a stranger to the discipline and training and commitment. And so the academy and preparing for the academy were all sort of reminders of that, that kind of attached me back to my roots. And I I loved it. Every minute of it. Neat. All right. All right. Nice. So, all right. So we kind of got a feeling on what made you decide to become a firefighter. Let's talk about, you've been in it for almost two years now, right? Or three, 19, three three years. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about it. So what is the most 
and least appealing part of being a firefighter for New York City FDNY? Ooh, okay. Well, the most appealing, we'll start with that, uh, I think would be uh, just the public. Like when you go out in the street or if you're just seen as, not even, yes, as a Black female firefighter, so that comes to the territory because that's who I am. But just being a firefighter, like seen out in the world is is really cool. You kind of get that attention and that love and those kids waving at you from a distance and everyone's looking and they want to jump on the rig and see what the make heroes beat the horn. Like it, it's really exciting. It makes me like feel really honored to to support this public, to be a part of their support system. When they need help, we're the ones that come running to help. So I really like that. Yeah, that is that is that is telling um because just a little history here, everybody, because I'm into data and a history buff. Um, mm-hmm. Black women in the New York City Fire Department is not is not something that is just for the faint of heart. And we've been at it since the 1800s. The very first Black woman who was a firefighter was in the 1800s, 1818 to be exact. Her name was Molly mm. Williams, and she was a slave, and she volunteered as a New York City firefighter. So oh my. women have played, yes, they've played a major role in the fire service center uh, ever since the 1800s. And, you know, she was the first, but as I love to say, she was not the last, because here you are in the largest graduating class in 2019. 13 mm-hmm. women graduated this past March. Um, in 2022, of those 291 graduates, 13% of them were Black. So we are moving in the right direction, albeit not fast enough, because there's over 10,000 New York City firefighters, majority of which are are white. But I, I can see why that could be an appealing aspect of it, where people are valuing your life, because when people are running away, you're running in. And, um, that's the level of bravery that I would just like to thank you for your service because if there's a fire, I'm not running to it. I'm normally going to be running really, really fast, like speedy. Exactly. Really, really fast. (laughs) Um, So that takes a level of courage. Um, So I can see why that will make you that that's a good feeling to have um, where people value and respect that um, and honor that uh, and And honor you for, for having that bravery. And if I might add, you know, Yvette and I've talked about, you know, it does take a special person to do that. So number one, I totally agree with everything that Yvette has said, because to run into a fire, you're, you're, you are as selfless as it goes, right? Um, but I think that also one thing I wanted to add as well is the next generation to which you alluded to, Yvette, you know, the, the graduating class this year. But I think about little girls, right? Little girls in school who will look up to you, Niani, and say, you know, I want to do that, you know, because I see the possibility because I see you. And I think yeah. that, that that is major. That is is just tremendous because there's a little girl one day who's going to see Niani Skinner and say, that's what I want to do. A little black girl, let's, quant- you know, let's qualify that. A little black girl is going to yeah. say, I want to be a firefighter. So I, I just, um, I think that that, gives me gives me goosebumps because that's what we're looking to do to move the needle even a little bit more uh yes i I completely agree i agree thank you very much for saying that there are most of the time when i do see when older generations comment on me being a firefighter i'd always make a little point to say all right well hey 
tell tell your daughters, tell your your nieces, tell your cousins, tell any young woman that you know that she can do it too. Like let them know. The guys give me a little side eye when I shout that out, but I shout it out every time. I'm like, listen, all you gotta do is take yeah. a test and then get okay. through the academy and you're in. <laughs> right. As you yep. should, as you should, as you should say it, yeah. say it loud and proud. It's not a secret. Say you it know? loud and proud. Yeah, it is not a secret. And and the more that we I'm gonna. I don't want to say infiltrate, but it is infiltrate the ranks. We we can destroy the patriarchy. So um, that's what it's all about for me. Uh, mm -hmm. It's it's we are just as or even better than um, we can do it if they can do it. I have a T-shirt that I love that I love to wear. It says, "Pay me what you pay him." Um, nice. So uh, yeah, I'll I'll send you the link for that. But anyway, <laughs> so we talked about what's the most appealing part of being a firefighter. Ugh. Now, what's the least appealing part about being um, a firefighter? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, well, that you can share, that you'd want to share. I share, and yeah. I want to share it, and it, it is a little, you know, it's a little taboo, and I get it, and I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'll apologize in advance to any whoever's ears this lays on. <laughs> But I guess for me, I would I would think that the most least appealing part for people that are like me that want to be firefighters would be the fact that we must be surrounded and completely immersed for 24 hours with relatively not all of I will not all of them, but some are relatively entitled white men, as long as well as very entitled and longstanding traditions. Mm. that we are sort of that are sort of forced on you the minute you enter the minute you're in the academy the minute you take that test like you have to start a, a changing and adapting your mind to to assimilate I suppose to these traditions to these it's 150 years that they've been doing the same exact thing and only in the past I guess oh, 30 or 20 or so now they have to involve African-Americans now they have to involve women and it's a total shake on their foundation and it means you have to change traditions of course they're not going to be a fan of that and of course it's 2022 things have changed it's a lot better than it was when the first women that i know of went through back in the 80s there were 40 women and they were it was a, that was a very traumatic experience for them so it's been a lot better since those times but it's it's still traditions that you have to deal with that you have to accept and you have to appear to love and honor hmm. yeah so that's a little I, I can tough see that Yep. I mean, I can see that. I mean, but you know what? The it's 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 the firefighter academy, the police academy. It's corporate America. It's the C-suite. It's 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 the tradition. It's people have been. I want to say, it's been ingrained in who they are in society about who can be here and who can be there and what's considered okay. Um, I always tell people, you know what, equality is not about, it's not like pie, right? It's more, doesn't be, you add more people to get exposure and have opportunity doesn't mean it's less for you. And that takes a mind shift change, right? Where you, you are, you've been for, for decades, hundreds and hundreds of years, you've thought one way. And now all of a sudden someone does, you know, pulls a Yui on you and be like, you have to do something different or you have to bring these new people in or this new culture in or you need to be more mindful, 
you know, mm -hmm. of what you say, you know, mm -hmm. that is not okay. And being, people get caught up in their feelings. So I, you know, I can, I can see an institution like the FDNY with its history and culture and ways, how this is, you know, being a tough, tough nut to crack. Um, Absolutely. And, and again, I give you props for walking into something that you know, it, <laughs> you know, people are going to be feeling in, in be feeling a certain way because they they have to do the work. It's not you who has to do the work, Niani. It's they who have to do the work. And when you have to rely on someone else to do the work to to do the right thing, that's where it gets difficult because you be just like, man, I'm tired. Mm -mm. You know, let me walk over here before I say something, do something that's gonna, you know, it's it's relying on other people to do the work to do the right thing. And it's situations like these where again I'm gonna have to be like, I'm gonna have to genuflect and be like bow and you know, because you you I mean, cause mm -mm, girl, I America knows me. I don't have the constitution. I'll be in jail real quick. Like, real quick. <laughs> real quick. So so do you do you do you think, Liani, that there are any gender barriers as a female firefighter? Gender barriers? I, I do not I do not believe so. Um mm -hmm. I mean only the you ones that girl. we make ourselves. Yeah, Absolutely. only the ones that we make ourselves. Love that part, Love that it. part, that part. Yeah, right like there. there's two there's two different sides of, of the of FD of the fire department. You have like the engine and the truck. The truck is a more they're both very physical, we're going to say that, but the truck sort of has more physical and more thinking sort of, it, they're just very different, but we have to work together. And the truck is kind of like honored in our department, like those are the, those are the cool guys <laughs> and whatnot. Right. And it's very, very rare, even for the men, it's not super common to be assigned to a truck fresh out of probate school once you graduate. Usually you go to an engine and then once you like learn the ropes a little bit, you decide I would either be in a truck and you'll just transfer to that. So there was a point in time where women were never assigned to a truck right out of mm. graduation. Like, yeah, right. Like you can't be in a truck. You're a woman. And that stigma kind of stuck where it, there are still very, very, you probably count on both your hands how many women on this job are actually in trucks because it just does not happen. Um, but that's a stigma that, that we decided to stick with is I have a, a close friend who I graduated with another black girl and honey, she is determined to get to that truck. She's not playing no game. Right. <laughs> She's not playing yeah. no game. She wants that trucky life. And so she is going to go get it however she can get it. And I'm like, girl, do you think put your paper in transfer, like live your life. Like it's our job. Right. So any, any area, any spot, any, anything on this job that a man can do, women can do it too. The only thing that will stop us is us feeling like, oh, preach, no, we didn't do that. Preach. So let's stay here. Let's not rock the boat. And I don't want to go through the hassle of being a woman on the truck. So I'm just not going to do it. Like, right. And that's powerful, right? Because I love how you said it, right? The only barriers are the barriers that we create. And that yeah. is a message. That is a word. So I'm going to say it again. The only barriers that we create, you know, the only barriers that we have are the ones that we create because there are times that we go in and there's such a thing as a <clears throat> inner critic, right? That's going to tell us we can't do it, that you can't do it. You have to get that out of the way because you can do it. Because if you believe you can and you put in the effort to do it, you can do it. So the fact mm -hmm. that you're going in and I love your, your classmate. That's like, yeah, whatever. That's my goal. That's like what I'm going to go for. And I am a thousand percent sure she's going to get it because she's 
working hard for it and she's not creating right. those barriers and you're not creating those barriers for yourself because you're doing what you want to do to propel your career to the next level and not putting any perceived barriers in your way. So that is something that women should take throughout anything that they do. Like we shouldn't go in thinking we can't. We should go. There are many women who went to the table, like Shirley Chisholm says, right? If they don't have a, a seat at the table for you, you bring your own chair. She's going to bring because, home. Exactly. Right. Because we don't have barriers. If we try, of course, there are going to be things that we need to push through. I'm not trying to be a Pollyanna about it, but we can get through because women have done it. So kudos. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, I'm, I'm all in with uh, that answer was like that part. Yes. Let's go. On fire. No pun intended. Okay. Oh, good one. Good one. Good one. Um, all right, Niani. Tell me, tell us about, tell us about your, what's your daily routine like? Um, like from the, the, I guess, how do you get scheduled then? And do you, do you, when you're not, when you're not scheduled, are you working out? Are you running like 99 miles a day? Like kind of stuff. Explain to us, share with us what your schedule's like or your routine. <laughs> I'm really laughing because <laughs> when when you think about what you do to get into the academy, you're like, it's so stressful. You have to you have to be able to run a mile and a half in under 12 minutes. The training is rigorous, and it, we run at least three miles a day in the academy. And then when you get out, when you graduate, you realize now it's all up to you if you want to maintain that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Now it's all on you. You don't have any drill instructor yelling at you, hey, get over there. No one's yelling at you anymore. <laughs> like It's just you being a firefighter. You could just fall for the okie doke and just hang out all day and then you'll lose your muscle and wonder why you can no longer do your job. So yes, I do stay in the gym pretty often, but mostly because I, I need it. I know that, that this is a very physical job for me. If I don't maintain my physicality, I will be a, at a disadvantage for myself, for my crew that I'm working with, and for the people whose lives I'm trying to save. Like, it's just, it would not be good. So yeah, I work out when I'm not there. I don't eat very clean. I know eating good is a big part of working out, but I'm low-key a fast food kind of saw. <laughs> oh, you might find me in a Wendy's drive-thru and have to shake, wag a little finger at me like, girl! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, can't help it. Um, uh, but a, a, you want to know like a day in the life at the job? Yeah, like like um. So we get to you work out. So how does it? How are you scheduled? Is it really three days, like twenty four hours? Like how? Like there's a whole bunch of you know like like urban legends out there. Um, what yeah. do, do you work three days straight or or twenty four consecutive hours? And if you do, do you have to sleep at the firehouse? Like what? Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, so uh, uh, the basic schedule would be uh, two 24s, two 24-hour shifts, or actually, I guess, one 24-hour shift twice a week, pretty much. It's just not set in, it's not like every Tuesday and Saturday you're working. It's like, you might work 24 hours on Monday and then 24 hours on Friday, but the next week you work on Wednesday and Saturday. Like, it's not, Mm -hmm. everything kind of shifts and shuffles all the time. Uh, the way it originally works, you have like, we have night tours and day tours. So you work from uh, nine in the morning until 6 p.m. That's a day tour. And then 6 p.m. to nine in the morning the next day is a night tour. So it's nine hours and 15 hours to make mm. our 24 hours. 
Uh, those are your original shifts. Originally, you have you have two days. You work a day tour, and have the night off. Go back for a day tour, and then you'll have about maybe a day off in between. I think you have twenty four hours in between that, and then you work two night tours where you work a night, be off for the day, get off at nine in the morning, but then I go back in for six o'clock, get off at right. nine in the morning that next day, and then you're off for forty eight hours. But okay. we consider that being being put on streets. That's working like the legit on paper. That's what your job is. But once you get put into a firehouse, you get assigned a mutual partner, which is a person whose uh, who's group number or on our little chart, their schedule is pretty much the exact opposite of your schedule. So that way, every time you have two back-to-back day tours, they have two back-to-back night tours. So the two of you can work together and I'll work my one assigned day tour. And then I'm going to work your first assigned night tour. So now I have a 24 hour and now you're going to take my second day tour and your own second assigned night tour. And now you have 24 hours and now Mm -hmm. both of our commitments are fulfilled and we both have 24 hour shifts. Got it. All right. I hope I hope that made sense. That does make sense because that's because the movies and TV shows don't explain it very well. I mean, because you know they just show up and then they're there and then you know there's the old school. They're in the house and they're firehouse and they're in bunk beds and they're sliding down the pole. Like I wanted to, (laughs) I wanted to see what the what the what the deal was. So I mean, that's good. I think that that's it's interesting and and it's it's a way of changing you know getting accustomed to those hours that I'm assuming could be a little bit of a challenge if you were a normal like nine to fiver right um just getting accustomed to those hours or does does the academy help you adjust make that adjustment for you uh no so actually the academy does not help that adjustment at all because in the academy you're we're in the academy I believe our day started at about 6 a.m you had to arrive by 5 30 like you had to be like sitting in your seat ready to go by 5 30 and they start you at six and then you think you leave for the whole day at maybe three or four p.m and then you have the rest of the day to like go home and study and sleep and stretch because you're you know in pain (laughs) and um then you wake up the next day and go do it again and you do that monday through friday for four and a half months so I mean you get used to being tired and being like like just sort of overdrawn and like really worked hard you're used to you're accustomed to hard work but you're not accustomed to having to be awake or be alert for 24 hours straight yeah all right right and you mentioned working out right so so your equipment that you have on, how much does that weigh? I want, I want our listeners to know how much that weighs and why being, you know, <laughs> being healthy and in shape is important. Yeah. So uh, the gear, if you count like, so we have bunker pants, which you just pull up and put on with suspenders. Uh, you can have various items in your pocket. You just have a, an emergency webbing to be able to wrap around someone and create like a fast harness and pull them out if you need to. Uh, so that's not that's not too heavy. Uh, then you have your coat, which you could have a lot of stuff, especially if you're in the truck. You'll have a lot of stuff in those pockets: screwdriver, a pair of vice grips, uh, whatever you think you might need in those pockets. Uh, then your helmet, and then the your oxygen tank or SCBA. Uh, you put that on your back so you're able to breathe. I believe that all in all is about 
70 pounds. Nah. And yeah. That's like that's that's like running when you're obese, right? Like all that extra weight, that's another person. That's two people that's yeah. that's that I wouldn't even say Basically. that's a small child. That's another person. That's not even a baby. That's a huge that's 70 pounds. Yeah, my no. dog, my dog chance was 110 pounds. And I couldn't Ooh. lift him. I couldn't lift him, you know, and walk him from the living room to the front door. Imagine running with that, Erica. Imagine running mm-hmm. with with a chance. Like, like yeah. that's why that's uh-huh. why I wanted to ask uh-huh. that question. That's why mm-hmm. I, I wanted to ask that question because I wanted people to hear that, you know, and, and Yanni's is petite. She's very slim and she but walks yes, she and, is. She, <laughs> and she is very slim <laughs> and she walks and she runs into buildings potentially with 70 pounds on her back. So I just kind of wanted wow. to put that out there in the universe for people to kind of hear that. Um, That's insanely, I mean, props, my hat's off to you. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. I played myself. I have a little story. I played myself <laughs> maybe <laughs> a few months ago. I think I was starting to feel like my stamina was was kind of slacking. Like I had to climb a bunch of stairs. When I got to the top, I was gassed, and I'm like, "Girl, get it together. What's going on here?" <laughs> so I started going back to hit the gym like even harder. And I was on the stairmaster, and I would give myself about 35 minutes on the stairmaster like uh, every day pretty much. And I would then uh, one day I got the opportunity to climb stairs again with all my gear on. I'm like, we got this, you've been, you've been training, you're good. And the same thing happened, I got to the top and I'm gassed. And I'm like, what's going on? And I realized I had been doing the Stairmaster every day, but with no additional weight, with just my body right. weight. Yeah. And it was, yeah. it was completely not useless. Cause like I got my, my legs got strong, but it was, it was relatively useless because I had to go put on a 50 pound weight vest and do the same process again. And then my stamina actually improved because mm-hmm. I'm never going to be just, just me climbing stairs. Like that's not the case. So. Right. 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 Wow. wow. Cautionary tale. Cautionary tale. Yeah. <laughs> if y'all train it for this, wear a weight vest, y'all. Buy a weight vest. <laughs> Niani, where do you see yourself in five or 10 years? Ooh. Well, there's a little tennis exam coming up, which okay. I fully intend to uh, be partaking in. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I plan to be Lieutenant Skinner, that's for oh. sure. All right. Uh, I will potentially be studying for a captain's exam if that comes out in the next five to ten years. So then I'll be nice. Captain Skinner. Um, uh, I might not, maybe I won't own a home, but I will certainly be prepared to own right. a home, get my credit score right, down payment, all that good stuff. Nice. Um, I guess that's it. Yeah, maybe I'll own a home. Maybe I'll be, I will be a lieutenant. Maybe I'll be studying for captain. Okay. I'm just trying I mean, to be the put best it out me. There. Put it you out put in the it universe. Out there. Yes. Put it out in the universe. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I love it too. I love it. I can't wait to go to those graduation parties. They're going to be lit. <laughs> it's not a graduation, or- but the, the exam passing parties. Ah! Promotion, promotion parties. Promotion parties. Yes. Oh, exactly. yeah. The PPs. The PPs. Hey. Hey. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's well, awesome. this is this is the part of the, 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 the session where we talk about rapid fire no pun intended it's a rapid <laughs> fire question it's a rapid fire question so niani eric and i are going to ask you um 
four questions, two apiece, and first, whatever comes to your mind, that's your answer. They don't have to be long-winded. They could be single words, two words, three words, whatever, but it's rapid-fire questions. You don't know what they are, so be prepared. Okay. Oh, boy. All right. Oh, boy. All right. So the first question is, is, is they're not hard. They're, they, they, well, I hope they're not hard. Um, the first question <laughs> is, what is your favorite food? Chicken. Chicken. <laughs> okay. Is that is that Popeye's chicken? As long as it's fried and crunchy. Oh, see? <laughs> Got to get clear. Got to get that clear because there's specificity, chicken. And specificity. Fried chicken. <laughs> All right. Okay. Your fried chicken. Favorite TV show? Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Too fast. Oh, no. I like TV. <laughs> <laughs> what you watching on Netflix? Yeah. Oh, um, I forgot the name of it, but I just finished. Oh, good Lord. I'm watching too much stuff. I don't know. <laughs> oh, All-American. We watched All-American in my house. Okay, oh, okay. 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 All right. If you had a choice, would you go to the movies or do a Broadway show? Oh, boy. If I had a choice, I would mm-hmm. do. Oh, boy. That's this. These are tough rapid fire questions, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, I did preface. I did caveat. They could be hard. Maybe not. Oh goodness. Uh, okay, let's let's go. Let's go Broadway show. Cool. Okay. Dancer. I get it. Uh huh. Connection. Right, connection. Right. Connection. Connection. Next vacation location. Mm, Puerto Rico. Okay. 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 Well, thank you for indulging us in in the uh, rapid fire. Rapid fire. Boom. Boom. Yes. And Miani, we just we're, we're and I know Yvette met you quite a short time ago, but I feel very comfortable in saying this that we are so proud of you, and yes. we we are so excited about all the great things that you're doing. And we wish you only the best and, you know, look forward to you to talking to Lieutenant Skinner very soon. And we just wish you just, just amazingness in your life. Like when we wanted to highlight black excellence, we, we wanted to show all the great things that we're doing, you know, because the narrative out there sometimes, most of the time is that excellence isn't there you know, and there is there. So we want to take some opportunity to, to highlight excellence out there. And you are black excellence. You are doing amazing things. I've told you before, I am so proud of you. And I am jazzed at the the greatness that you're going to do and that the impact that you're making now, and that you will continue to make. Um, and, and very proud, very proud. Shmita, you want to say anything to close us out? Well, Miss Diani Skinner, let me just tell you something, something, something. <laughs> I, I am, I am, I am inspired by you, and um, all those little, little brown children that run after you in the in the truck and wave at you. Um, you, you, you have no idea the impact that you have on their lives, and I'm excited to see you continue to inspire more of us out there and at, as a young person as 29 year olds being where you are today you are the epitome of black excellence and it's just not us older folks out there it's 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 young folks like yourself who who make it who make it worth it 
right? Um, because I know that there's me, there's Erica, there's you, and then the ones that are up and coming and they see a young woman like yourself making the do in the doing your own thing and the FDNY, girl, please. Exactly. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you guys so, so much. Thank you. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for talking to me, for even being interested in this story. I think um, sometimes even I, when you're when you're in it, it's easy to sort of like minimize it or to start to consider this, this is just your regular everyday life. But moments like this remind me that what's happening in my life, what I have chosen to do kind of is not regular. And sometimes it needs to be talked about. You yeah, are extraordinary. Absolutely. You are extraordinary. Um, and your, your, your experience, your life, and what you're choosing to do with it is an extraordinary journey. And people need to hear about it and see it. And so you've inspired me. I, I'm, I'm not going to go. You didn't inspire me to run three miles, but I'm going to go out <laughs> for a walk today. I'm going to go for a walk. I'll do that. But yes, Niani, thank you so much. Um, continue to shine bright like a diamond, my friend. And we'll talk soon. And thanks. Okay, thank you guys. Absolutely. And thanks everyone for listening until next time. Did you just love what you heard on this week's episode? Well, the answer is simple. It would mean the world to us if you could head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review and some feedback. Spreading the word is really the best way to grow our podcast and achieve even greater things. Thank you. Mm-hmm.